there. Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson. I'm here to dish out practical advice to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you know we're going to be covering ground in the real estate industry. But you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. I don't know about you guys, but one place that Heather and I love to go, whether it's on vacation or for a wonderful lunch, is 30A. And we are down here today recording our podcast in beautiful Rosemary Beach with our favorite realtor referral partner, Blake Jones. Blake is going to talk to us about the 30A real estate market. And if you're going down for spring break, it might be time to buy in your favorite vacation spot. So get ready to listen. This is a good one. All right, guys, I am so excited because Heather and I are in Rosemary Beach today, recording live at the beach in a very, very cool podcast room Yes, with a good friend of ours and realtor referral partner, Blake Jones. Hello, Blake Jones. (laughs) How's it going? Welcome. Good. We love your space. (laughs) Thank you. We put a lot of work in it. Yes. As the kids say, it's so bougie. (laughs) It is so bougie in such a good way. We should have videoed this so y'all could see how cool this space is. And it's funny when you come into Blake's podcast room here, because he has his own podcast space, you walk through a piece of art. Yeah. And it's a funky, cool piece of art. And on that art, it says, follow your dreams. Which, when I read that, it's a perfect segue to what we're going to be talking about today, which is so many people's dream is to live at the beach yeah. and to buy a beach house or a beach condo. So I, when I saw that, I was like, ding, ding, <laughs> yes. there you go. So this podcast today, we are going to highlight beach living and, and or actually just panhandle living. 30A is such a draw for people from Nashville, Tennessee, and Middle Tennessee, and it's almost like a second home, or many people do have second homes. So it we're is. here to pick Blake Jones' brain <laughs> on, on the whole concept of it all, what happens down here, etc. So, Blake, just give us a quick rundown on you, who you are. It can, it can be just brief. 30-second yes. clip. 30-second right? clip. My wife and I moved down here in 2016. And so prior to that, I was a financial planner at Merrill Lynch and um, was just lucky enough to be successful there. Had an older guy take me under swing, teach me the ropes, and I met a lot of interesting people managing their money. And most of the people I worked with were 70, right? Mm-hmm. So average client age, 70. And the thing I realized is at that age from those people, and a lot of them were entrepreneurs because they had done well and they got a young guy just doing math for them and helping them figure stuff out. At 70, nobody regrets trying stuff. Hmm. Your main regret at that stage is either time with family or not trying something 10 years sooner or being scared to do something or any of those things. And so we had always been coming down here. My wife and I were engaged down here and it was always special. Our kids were one and three and we looked at each other like, hey, we've been successful at other things we've done. So we've got some confidence in ourselves. Let's move down there and just see where where it goes. And so we jumped, and it's been the best jump we ever did. You know, talking about entrepreneurship and stuff earlier, we started several you know successful companies, and you know, So Wall House now is hopefully one of those. And I got to give credit to 
the art to my my partner in this place. So Will House is uh, Dave King, and it's just a cool place. The relationships down here are incredible because we don't have infrastructure, mm-hmm. so there's no jobs to just say, hey, if I'm going to move to Nashville, make a couple hundred grand a year working at a big company, you can't. It's really hard to just come here. So there's real entrepreneurship drive and connection of people who are willing to leap to make it here. And then those that make it, you kind of have the cream of the crop. So everybody down here for the most part is insanely um, hardworking and just, I call it collaborating. So mm-hmm. at when we were in Arkansas in our friend group, we were typically the ones aggregating people or throwing parties or bringing people together. And down here, kind of everybody's got that. Cause that's kind of what they're looking for that just fellowship. So interesting. So, anyways. so in this area that, and I'm going to use 30A as the area we're in Rosemary beach right here, right now, but this general 30A area, and I guess you'd throw Destin and Panama city in that, would you? Yeah. Well, they're, they're separate markets from a real estate perspective, okay. but they're absolutely in the area. So if, um, if like Green Hills is part of Nashville mm-hmm. and so is downtown, right? And right. so that would be kind of how I would yep. geographically section them. It's Makes the same sense. town, totally different. Makes sense. Right. Thank you for speaking in real estate terms. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in, in 30A then, how many, what's the percentage would you say are local people and then people who are just here as their second home. Oh, it's tough to answer that. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna... First question out the gate. <laughs> Let me give you a question you can't answer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I think a, a better way to answer that would be since COVID, it's totally changed the direction. Okay. Historically, most of our buyers were either true second home or investment property, right? And since COVID, we've seen a much higher tick in the primary, like people want to live here ownership model um, than investment. Not, not, and I would say they both grown, but it seems like primary is definitely outpaced the percentage. Yeah. Um, so much so like one of our hottest neighborhoods is water sound origins. Uh, there was a new phase where they're going to develop roughly 500 homes. They sold every home site in like 60 days. Wow. And it's a non-rental neighborhood. So that's just purely going to be a primary uh, for the most part, or even like, Ultimately, true secondary home. Um, in the last, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, that was a question I had that I was curious about too, because everyone's been going to the beaches since you were a kid, and you would rent a home, your family would rent a home, and so there were short-term rentals before Airbnb, before VRBO, <laughs> before <laughs> STR, the whole term. You know, it's like yeah. yeah, I'm going to the beach, and we rented a house. So that was a question I had: Are there do they have restrictions in certain communities? not allowing for short-term rentals. We do. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, um, as a practicing agent, that's one of the harder things to navigate on the front end because we've got so many little communities along the way. People be like, Hey, all right, is this a rental? It's like, well, let me check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So they're, they're definitely, that's one of the big things to section off, you know, what you're looking for as a, as a potential buyer. Right. Where do you fit in? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? What are you looking for? And that kind of stuff. And that's where that plays a huge role. So who is your potential buyer and how do they come to you? Great question. Um, You know, historically, I'd say, you know, with my background in finance, a big proportion of the folks I would work with are, and especially on 38, because 
I can break down the markets on why that is, but 30A is typically a motivated by investment buyer, but mm-hmm. wanting something nice and is willing to pay for what they want. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so that buyer that is trying to uh, rationalize the purchase at the beach from a numbers perspective and um, the way the way those buyers in the past have always started, and this is just getting behind the scenes in the realtor side, everybody always says, I'm an investor. All I care about is the numbers. And the first property we go through, they say, I don't like the paint color. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, so let's let's have a conversation to figure out how much yeah. of this decision is investment or needs to be investment. How much of this is need? That would be the investment side. And how much of this is want? And let's try to figure out where that gray area is. And if it exists, then you got a good shot at probably finding something you might like. If it doesn't, then we might want to look at a different market. You know, mm-hmm. Typically, our Destin and Panama City Beach markets, which are the shoulder side of 30A, mm-hmm. do a little bit better job cash flowing because there's fewer people wanting to buy those markets just because that's just what they love. You know, When you see the 30A stickers in Nashville, mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of PCB stickers or a lot of Destin stickers. So that heartfelt Correct. that somebody feels when they're there, they're willing to pay more money for. And that ultimately reduces the cash flow potential of some of those properties because there's so many people willing to just pay the number. And do you find that there are more people who want single family homes versus condos or is it just a mixed bag? You know, I think most people don't usually know. And that's part of the exploring process that I try to have with people. When you're a first time buyer in a secondary investment market, um, there's so much that goes into that with what someone does on the daily basis. Like how busy is this person? Because if it's a single family home, you're going to be responsible for the upkeep of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. That siding needs to be repainted. And if you're already working 80 hours a week, you got three kids and your wife's working. And the last thing you need is another call. It's, you know, three o'clock on a Thursday. Hey, you need to do this, this, and this. So um, trying to help someone understand what might fit them better, I think, is a better way. Because everybody always comes in and has a, this vision. Mm-hmm. And then the numbers and time and all that kind of might spell something different. So I always try to encourage people to be open to condos or townhomes as their first entree into it. Um, But that's usually just trying to help people navigate those things. But I think most people typically envision strongly one way or the other, and it doesn't always match what's best for them. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine wrote a book, Buyers Are Liars and Sellers Are Too. (laughs) And and it's true. You don't really know what you mean. You mean people, right? (laughs) Yeah, people. (laughs) That's such a good point. All people. And I'm guilty of it too. Mm -hmm. My mom and I bought a beach place years ago, and our list, what we bought was nothing on that. In fact, it was everything that wasn't on that list or Mm -hmm. anti, the antithesis of that list. Which brings up a great question. So many people come to the beach and they get excited when they're down here and start feeling that dream and envisioning that dream. So they call up the realtor at the beach, say, hey, let's go look at these houses or these condos. How do you vet that process so that it's not just the looky-loos just putting their toe in the water to determine if it's their dream or what? I mean, I always try to just meet them for coffee at some point while they're on vacation. And because a lot of things, if you just went through that experience, you know, like, as you get through it, you there's so much education mm-hmm. and really just like um, um, conflict with what you want and what's out there and what information you get that I try to just uncover a lot of that in a polite way up front and just say, you know, what are you guys trying to do? You know, um, and, and really you can kind of figure out and th- you'll see it in their eyes. They'll yeah. know real quick after you really explain how investments work, what to expect, how hard you almost kind of do the, uh, the opposite sell, 
mm-hmm. you know, and explain how it works, what you're doing, what to be ready for. And you'll see some will be eager as all get out and you'll see some of them start glazing over. Right. <laughs> you well, know? Yeah. It's going to be cheaper for me just to rent every time I come down here. Correct. When you come yeah. down here. Now we've, I mean, not to downplay the market or any of those things, but uh, you can usually fill that out. I mean, just probably sure. no different than Nashville, right? right. You get um, husband got off work early on a Thursday. Let's go look at open houses just for fun. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> right. When did you have those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's never going to make it till Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be gone by Sunday. Yeah. But it's probably a similar process. I mean, you can mm-hmm. kind of tell by talking. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so then when you, do you find your buyers are more cash buyers in the second home market? So what's been interesting is some of the stats from some of the big title companies here last year on 30A, um, and you kind of hear a few different numbers, but generally speaking, it's north of 70% of their transactions were cash. Okay. Hmm. Which is a crazy, lot. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. we think of this market as very expensive and comparatively to our feeder markets like in Nashville or Birmingham, Huntsville or Atlanta, it's very expensive per square foot. But if you compare it to some of the other second home markets like a in a California or Hawaii or South Florida and Naples and things like that, relatively we're not as expensive, you mm-hmm. know, and we've, we've definitely seen some price corrections because of that in the last couple of years since COVID, mm-hmm. especially as uh, like historically our buyers and owners were within a nine and a half hour drive for okay. the most part. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you were outside of that sphere and you're flying to Florida to go on vacation, or if you're flying somewhere for vacation, you typically didn't see the panhandle as this real glitzy, nice areas, you know, redneck Riviera. Yeah. <laughs> and so when COVID happened and those people couldn't fly to wherever it was they were going and they had to start opening up their sites, we're starting to see a lot of California people here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm surprised by that. I, I mean, yeah. I, that, that was a stupid, really? <laughs> but, yeah. but no, but like, that's, you're like, how did you even find this place? Like we were Googling cool places in Florida and they planned a trip and they came and like, this is insane. Yeah. Well, those people from New York or New Jersey or California are used to spending a thousand bucks a square foot to have a little house yeah. in a city that has That's no true. amenities. That's mm-hmm. true. And so those people are landing here now and they're saying, hey, I can have this and I can live here full time now because I don't have to be at the office and I can walk to the beach. I'll take it. Yeah. They're like, I don't even want to see the comps. And, and one of the we'll prettiest beaches in the world. Right. Yes. I mean, so, but that's changed quite a bit. And so it's interesting because our, like Nashville population that's used to spending uh, a certain range for a very nice home is not as easy or primed as a buyer to spend three times that for a second home as our markets that are more city-based or already spending a very high price for the cost of the land. So mm-hmm. it's... It's been an interesting curve how that all has navigated, but right. we've seen in the past two years a couple of price corrections to the upside. Yeah, same. I'm with sure Nashville. y'all have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the exact same scenario where we are down here all over. Yeah, you it's know, crazy. all over these markets. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. 
We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 176-1767. So, I mean, this is just sort of a sidebar question. I've only been down here a handful of times. The traffic can be pretty um, intense Mm -hmm. um, because you have that two-lane road. How do you navigate that when you're showing property or when people are, do you just, it is what it is? You're, you do not plan more than five or six showings. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, used to, you could pop out to 90, like we have kind of, uh, you know, they call it the smile of, of 98 for 30A specifically. Because mm-hmm. if you look at 98 on a map, it runs east to west. And then 30A jots down towards the coast and it almost looks like a smile. And so... Used to, you can just pop out to 98 and cross and come back down, but um, frankly, it's just gotten very difficult. Yeah. Do you ever show on bicycles? I've shown on golf carts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the electric bike is a great way to do it if you get people here long enough. It kind of depends on where someone's at in the buying process, right. but, you know, right. or how, how they're wanting to explore the market. But So, Nashville's always had seasonal. Spring is always our top Mm-hmm. Um, buying and selling season, but it's always strong the entire year, regardless. Right. But it's just that surge in the spring. I mean, people are excited to get out. It's warm. Your flowers are blooming. Is there a stronger time of the year to buy or sell in the Panhandle area? Well, and I've so that's a great question because I've ran the numbers on that six ways to Sunday, and there are mm-hmm. years where there is. There's years where it's the total opposite. Um, what we've seen lately, because what happens is when you have that surge, you typically have that surge of listings also. Right. So it, it, the demand and supply will be relatively close no matter where you look at it. But lately, as we go from like since COVID, so since 2020, January through April is our biggest swath of buyers coming through. Okay. And that's because they're trying to get their properties before the summer hits so that they can buy it have income day one, instead of buying it in November, carrying that note for six months before you really have income because our income is seasonal. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's also typically where we have seen the most amount of listings come on as well. So I, I haven't found statistically a um, advantage to when to buy other than for a buyer right before income starts. Interesting. Okay. I just totally lost that thought. Um, <laughs> Heather, you got anything? No. <laughs> How often do you go to the beach since you live here? Oh, that's, oh, that's a great right. question. Yes. It, that goes in spurts. You know, I've got a six and an eight-year-old, and uh, they're at that age where no matter what fun we suggest to do, they say no. Right? Yeah. Hey, let's go to this. No. Wasn't their idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know that. Oh, being yeah. Education. And, um, and so I would say in the summertime, we go at least once a week. But we'll go through periods where I'm just honestly just hustling yeah. and just don't have time. And I will go, we'll look up and be two or three months and hadn't even been. It was like you gave an interesting story when you were a financial planner working mm-hmm. with people who were in their mm-hmm. 70s and talking about what mattered now and what they wish they had done. Like the spending the more time with your family. Oh, we, we were talking about that driving over here and, you know, how... When I always love to tell a story about when Heather got in the real estate business, I'm like, "You're so sweet, and nice. Don't do this to yourself. You seem so normal." <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Now she's a, that was a the old me. <laughs> right. this, this is the new, maybe not improved me. And, right. um, but yeah, I mean, because real estate will 
suck you dry if you're not careful and you don't put those boundaries in place mm-hmm. to be able to have family time. And it ha- life is just happening so fast right now. Um, but that, that was a question I always have for people who live at the beach. I'm like, how often do you get to go yeah. to the beach? I always wonder because I love the beach. Me too. Um, I come every year. My husband loves the mountains. So it's a push and pull between <laughs> the two of us. But I, I feel like I could live at the beach. Yeah. And I always wondered, would I go you know, as, as often as I, as I really think that I might. It's one of those, I, we always look up and say we should go more, right? It's the great therapeutic vehicle. Yeah. Down here, especially like y'all morning are all walks, evening yeah. walks. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that is one of the uh, nice things about living here is so people who are here on vacation are typically going to the beach first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. three or four o'clock hits. They're tired. They're needing to go home and shower to go out to dinner. So all the locals will head out there around three or four and the beach is not packed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so... Um, that's a great time to just go get that little me time at the beach or family time. And, um, it's a lot of fun, but yeah. kids sports and stuff take, I understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So in Nashville and, and everywhere, the whole country, we see the NAR, the national association of realtor stats of the number of people getting into the real estate business, because clearly they think it's all easy money and mm-hmm. it's a great market. It's a great time to sell when there's absolutely nothing to sell. Um, <laughs> have y'all found that down here that there's a ton of people getting in the biz? I think the interesting thing too is like, and, and I think we chatted about this offline, but there's a a lot different names. You know, used to you knew everybody. Yeah. Like if if we were going to go show a listing or if we were going to list something, you knew who was coming in, and so you kind of knew how to act too, right? Mm-hmm. To the best for that transaction. And now it's just you know there's a good chance of somebody you've never even heard of Yeah, oh, on the other end of the 100%, line. 100%. Mm-hmm. Sure. Same in Nashville. I yeah. couldn't give you the actual numbers to it, but definitely a lot of um, newer folks coming in. Right. And you can see how it's a very, like it's hard for a seasoned agent to manage a multiple offer scenario mm-hmm. and treat everybody fairly. And so we're seeing a lot of that where just the experience, I think, is a, a making the process not as good for a lot of buyers who don't win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's usually yeah. who loses in, in those scenarios. Well, that happened to me this morning. We put I have something coming soon mm-hmm. and we received a sight unseen offer before it went live. And I've got, you know, 30, 40 showings set for this weekend and just letting everybody know. And, you know, they're just they're doing it the right way. They're setting up the appointment, getting ready to show it. Their buyers are so excited. And somebody comes in. They're like, I don't care. I just want the house. Yeah. And Christy's texting each one of them. Yeah. I just believe everybody <laughs> deserves a, a response. Yes. Right. And, um, you that's know, why that's, you're Christy Wilson. Is, yeah. I'm, just, I'm old school. I want to be notified. I don't yes. want to see it just hit MLS. Now it's pending. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, hey, we received this amazing offer. Yeah, sorry. And it yeah. made sense. And that's what the sellers yeah. wanted. Yeah. yeah. It's what the sellers wanted. And at the end of the day, we represent our sellers or mm-hmm. our buyers, whichever that's right. you're you're wearing that day, but yeah, it's tough. So just always trying to be transparent upfront with everybody and letting them know you are 100% walking the line of ethics and integrity and, and pissing everybody off and pissing everybody <laughs> off at the same time. I'm like <laughs> trying so hard. Yeah. But chances are that buyer that came through probably lost out on six others, right? They have. I so mean, they're, they're ready. Yeah. They are so ready. They had lost out on four and yeah. they had gone way over and they came in way over, removed all contingencies, including a contingency to view the property. There's no contingency to walk inside. Yeah. 
And my people were like, How do you say no to that? You, you don't. <laughs> and you I don't clue. deal with 30 showings? Yeah. 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 But um, anyways, it's just congratulations. It's just Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> to my sellers. And they're <laughs> yes. lovely people. I mean, it's, it's good karma all around. But is that happening here too? Are y'all getting sight well, unseen offers? Oh, well, most of ours are sight unseen anyways because people don't live here. Oh, so they don't even come down for the... Well, you can't. Yeah. If you're multiple offer scenario... Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right even in that situation. So we do a lot of videos, but we're not seeing the volume of 30 to 40 offers. We are seeing probably in the highest count is maybe up to 15 or so. Yeah. And that was showings. That that wasn't the offers yet. I mean, we no, could have gotten 30 offers. But gotcha. Yeah. But I bet you would have gotten at least, what, 25% of those yeah, probably offered? For sure. Yeah. I think so. And that's without even being on the market for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. So we we do see a lot of that. And so that's the one caveat that I think is very challenging in this market to navigate for a buyer is just trying to say, hey, to protect you, you're not going to get the property. Right. Or there's a very high likelihood that you're not going to get right. this if I protect you. And so having oh, that protect frank- you in the contract. Correct. Yeah, or in the yeah. offer. Exactly. You may get down here and hate it. It, yeah. we're, we have that exact same conversation when the buyer says, what do I need to do? It's like, if you want this, this, this is, this what, is what it's going to take. Yeah. It feels gross. It's mm-hmm. awful. I don't want you to buy a $1.5 million house, never walking inside. Yeah. Yeah. But that may be what it takes. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I can't know. tell you one way or the other. But guess what? You'll sell for 1.6 next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't like it. That's right. And it and the music's always going until it's not, yeah. right? Yeah. And That's you've right. been in real estate long enough to know that. It's impossible to know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'll tell you, the worst part is that lunch with somebody after they bought something and they've never even been in it, mm. which happens yeah. pretty regularly down yeah. here. Most of our closings are remote. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, you, you'd never look forward to that Friday when they're coming in town and you're grabbing lunch the day after they've stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you listen. That's and right. Like, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, great. But you got it, right? Yeah. yeah. You got, that's what I said, but you, you got yours. the house. <laughs> you, you won. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you feel great about winning that competition? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so inventory down here is a huge issue then too. Yeah. It's, I ran numbers just yesterday for a listing that – hopefully going to get working with, there's only 125 homes for sale on 30A. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's yep. the market. And yep. I think 43 of those are under construction. Oh my goodness. Are any of those less than a million dollars? I think only 20. Yeah. 20, oh, none of the new construction, I don't believe. But so there's, so we're just, we're at an inventory crunch. And mm-hmm. like in that neighborhood I mentioned earlier, there's 350 remaining lots. They have 700 people on the list that have put $5,000 down to buy one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a two-for-one dropout. They're still all sold. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. It's, it's So, spring break. This podcast will be dropping right before Nashville goes on spring break. When spring break hits 30A, I know it's very crowded. Does your phone start ringing more? Yeah, it does. When is your spring break this year? I'm not sure when Nashville's is. So it's the 14th. Wait. Yeah, it's usually the second week in March. Yeah, second some, week. Yeah. 14th through 18th. Some, usually one of the early ones. Yeah. yeah, run into the third week, but the mm-hmm. second to third week in March. Yeah, so March 14th through 18th. So a lot mm-hmm. of people will probably leave the Friday the 11th or mm-hmm. Saturday the 12th to come down here yeah. or, or go wherever they go. And I will say, you know, it's funny, and a big kudos to Nashville. Y'all are one of our better spring breaks. So you got to remember, we get spring break for about five weeks down here okay. to six. Okay. So Atlanta's one week, Nashville's one week, Kentucky will be another week, Louisiana. And so Nashville seems to be one of our 
better groups of people that don't just completely destruct the area or come down here and think <laughs> they own everything. And just, yeah, yeah, the yeah. attitudes. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's those raging yeah. Cajuns who do that. <laughs> They're actually LSU pretty good, too. Here. I'll tell you, Atlanta's probably one of our toughest crowds. Not really? to make any Atlanta people upset. And I think it just it's just interesting to see the demographics of the people each week. You can see a clear difference. Yeah. That's funny. I would have never thought about that. Right. You know, we don't have that in Nashville. Everybody's just mixed in in Broadway. Everyone is just (laughs) mixed in. Yeah, it it is a bread basket. Nashville for sure is. I love Nashville. Well, Blake, is there anything you want to add to our podcast? This is just fun. Uh, So fun to be down here and in your cool. I know, Christy, we need to step up our game. I know, right? I'm like, even this wallpaper, I'm like, I want to go on that roller coaster. Yeah, (laughs) That's actually, so Mike D hand drew that from the Beastie Boys. Oh my Um, gosh. And so that's an original print of him. So like there's, but our goal when we were talking to the designer of the space is not beachy, not beach chick, anything. No linens. We want inner city. It is very urban yes. and edgy, and I love everything about it. Yeah. We will post pictures. Yes, we will. We <laughs> I will. I will take photos, and we will post some pictures with this podcast. Yes. So, Blake, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to come down here. So, he said, yes. while we sat down, y'all, we could have done this virtually. You know, virtually. <laughs> I'm like, heck no. No way. <laughs> so, one hour flight down. It's quicker to get to the Panama City Beach Airport than it is to get to Cool Springs from West Nashville. Yes, it is. So, I will second that. <laughs> yeah. So, we were thrilled to come down here. We can't wait to just go exploring today and have some fun yes so guys who are listening to this podcast if you're coming to 30a and want to buy something and are a serious buyer call blake jones (laughs) not even just serious i you know it's funny one thing i will say historically before covid a buyer process might last two years yeah from the time you meet Mm -hmm. to truly educate someone on the market and the process and then be ready to pull the trigger when something hits from afar so I'm always relationship driven and find so much more power in that than trying to navigate who's real and who's not on the front end. So I'd say, don't worry about it at all. Call me. If I've got a moment, I'll give it to you. And don't forget to tell Blake that Christy and Heather sent you. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. a big piece yes. of that. Yeah. Say big you heard it from the podcast. They heard it from yes, the podcast. From the Moving Up podcast. And we'll put all your information in the show notes as well. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. Blake, thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. This has been fun. I hope everyone is having as much fun as we have on this podcast. Yes. And hope you enjoy your spring break and that it's warm and sunny. Yes, let's go see the ocean. Okay. <laughs> thank you, guys. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full-service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.